Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We are presented, as always, by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. We are taping this on Wednesday morning. Eric Allen here in Florham Park, New Jersey. Brian Baldinger out on the West Coast in California. Baldy, how are things in L.A.? Well, it's, you know, Championship Sunday week, you know, so it's all, it's all football all the time. We're 24-7 right now, just kind of breaking the game down and talking about the storylines. Is Patrick Mahomes' ankle going to hold? I mean, all the stuff. So it's great because it's, it's just all football right now, EA, and that's kind of uh, what I prefer. Hey, the Jets are still in the news, though, Baldy. How about yes. yesterday, Pro Football Writers Association naming Sauce Gardner the 2022 NFL Rookie of the Year? The defensive rookie of the year, and then Garrett Wilson, the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, well, it was, it was a great draft class. You know, and if Brees stayed healthy all year, maybe he would have been somewhere in the mix as well. But it's just credit. It's credit to, uh, you know, Joe Douglas and their drafting. They felt like they got, you know, the best corner. They felt like they got the best receiver in the draft, and they showed it. But it is also the mentality that we all saw from Sauce. First one on the field every single day, his preparation. Uh, it showed in the games and then, you know, all the way to that, you know, week 18 game in Miami where Garrett Wilson might have been, you know, I mean, I know Tyreek and Jalen Waddle were on the field, but he might have been the best receiver on the field that day. Man, what a compliment. Yeah, he was great. 1,100 yards receiving despite playing with four different quarterbacks. Outstanding year for the rookie from Ohio State. Okay, so let's fast forward to February 9th, NFL honors a couple days before the Super Bowl. Yep. Associated Press will name the Offensive Rookie of the Year and also the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Let's start on offense. Garrett Wilson is a finalist, as is Kenneth Walker and Brock Purdy. What do you think about Wilson's chances? I know Purdy plays quarterback, Baldy, and I'm not trying to disparage anything he's done this year, but the dude only played, I believe, in seven regular season games. Well, he started the last seven games, including the playoff game, and he's played in eight games. But it's going to be hard not to take Brock Purdy. I mean, nothing against uh, what we just talked about with Garrett and what he did all year long with four quarterbacks and nothing against Kenneth Walker and all the way up into a playoff loss where he was awesome um, and taking over, you know, the starting role, you know, early in the season. But Brock Purdy has been – this offense has never – been this effective in San Francisco ever mm. uh, since he took over. And I think a big reason why they're on the doorstep of, you know, this champion some Sunday and a doorstep to the Super Bowl is because of Brock Purdy. And it's going to okay. be hard. It's just going to be hard to overlook what he has accomplished. I mean, because it, it some for a while, EA was, oh, it was a system. It's a town around him. And all that is true. But he's making this thing work. And Nobody could have predicted. I mean, he looks like Robert Redford out of the natural, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, nobody could have ever seen this coming. Yeah, everybody kept waiting for the shoe to drop, and I don't think it's going to drop. Maybe in Philadelphia it does on Sunday, but, I, you know, that would even surprise me if it does, the way he's playing the boys. So as much as I would want to give it to Garrett on, you know, the night of the honors, uh, I, I kind of think it's going to be hard to overlook Brock Purdy the way he's – like, sometimes it's how you finish, EA. And the way he's finishing right now – like, you can't even say, okay, well, he didn't play in the first, you know, 10 games. Well, okay. This last, the last eight games has been unbelievable. All right. So props to you for dropping the natural reference. And Robert Redford, everybody loves him. And, yeah. again, hey, listen, 
Purdy's been really good, no doubt about that. And he's playing at the most important position in all professional sports. Uh, my vote, you can call me a homer. That's fine. I'm at one Jets drive. I give it to Wilson because what he did, the 1,100 yards receiving, again, three different starting quarterbacks this year. The Jets play four in all. And like yeah. your point there at the end, that game against Miami when the Dolphins had everything on the line, you could have made the argument that the best receiver on yeah. the field that day, in fact, was Garrett Wilson. How about defensive rookie of the year? Sauce Gardner up against Aiden Hutchinson, very impressive rookie himself who played with the Lions this year. And then the late round find from the Seattle Seahawks, Tariq Wollen. Yeah, well, Tariq Wollen tied for the league lead in interceptions. Like he was legit. And to me, as good as Aiden Hutchinson was, you know, their defense was not really very good for much of the year. And although Aiden had a good season and played hard and they, they got – probably the best pass rusher now, you know, in the draft. I mean, just from a statistic standpoint, but I, I got to give it to sauce. I got to give it to sauce because he led the league in passes defense. Uh, he played every snap basically. Um, you know, he tackled well, he's up there with, you know, leading tacklers with the jets. Um, he played zone. He played man. He went up against the league's best receivers. I don't care if it was Jamar chase, you name a guy. And, you know, he kept him out of the end zone all year. Like, I, I just think, He's as and Tariq was awesome, um, but their defense wasn't like the Jets' defense. So I think you know from the standpoint of how he helped fix the back end of this Jets' defense. DJ Reed on the other side was really good. The pass rush obviously was fierce, um, but I I, I got to give it to Sauce. I, I believe that he is what a defensive rookie of the year should look like, and it's not because he plays in New York and Tariq plays in Seattle or Aiden plays in Detroit. You know, smaller markets. Like, I just think watching all of these guys, you know, week in, week out, that the most consistent player was Sauce. And there were games when he, you know, we talked about it. Yeah? There was games where he did not get targeted. Like, they didn't throw at him once, you know. And so, uh, everybody wants more interceptions and all that. Those things will come. Like, mm -hmm. you're going to have years where you have two, and you're going to have years where you're going to have eight, you know, or more. That happens to every cornerback. I don't care. Xavier Howard. Had 10 last year, he had one or two this year. It happens. It's just uh, the nature of the cornerback position. I just think that Sauce, um, to me, should be the recipient of this award. Yeah, you could make the argument that he was the top cornerback in the National Football League this year. Not just defensive rookie of the year, but maybe he was the top cornerback out of everybody. Which well, is if really you didn't know he was a rookie, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that he was a rookie. You know what I mean? Like he played like a veteran corner, a great veteran corner, but like not many guys, you know, have sauces, size, length, speed, makeup, speed, poise, eyes, like you, tackling, like there's very few players in this whole league that has the combination of skills and talent that he has. Let's go from elite cornerback to elite cornerback. Darrell Revis, one of five first time finalists eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Reeves' career numbers, 25 interceptions, 112 PDs. Uh, he was also a four-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowl selection. What do you think about Reeves' chances of getting in on February 9th at NFL Honors? Well, there was a five-year stretch where Darrell Reeves not only was the best corner in the National Football League. He was arguably the best defensive player. Because if you're going to say this is a passing league, we know it is. I don't care who he went up against. 
I don't care if it was Chad Johnson or, you know, Reggie Wayne. It didn't matter. Uh, big games, playoff games, um, you, it didn't matter. Like, Darrell Revis was the best player on the field. And, you know, I know it was a five- or six-year stretch, but if you're the best player in the league, like, you like to say, okay, he was the best player for a decade. Like, Charles Woodson was the best player for a whole decade. Rod Woodson was the best player for a decade or more. Uh, all that stuff. But I just think in that period of time, especially with Rex, and I think Rex came a year after he was in the league. Um, I, I just think for that stretch, nobody could beat him. I don't care if Randy Moss, you know, pick an elite player. They couldn't beat Terrell Revis week in, week out. And so, you know, because he played press man and he shut guys down, he didn't get the interceptions that zone corners get. And Like Rex wasn't playing that style of football. Rex was challenging with the line of scrimmage, challenging every throw. You're not going to get interceptions in that way. Like if he played off the ball and he wasn't pressing every play, he'd probably be in the 40s, you know, interception-wise. But it's, So you can't look at the numbers. You have to look at how he shut guys down. And we've never seen a guy like it. You could just go back, okay, maybe Dion did that. But really, you can't look at anybody else that's played this game that played it the way Darrell Revis did. You could talk to Brandon Marshall when he was in Chicago, and he'd tell you why. Darrell Revis was the best corner in the league. And then they became teammates. And it was just iron sharpening iron in 2015 where those guys were going up against each other every day in practice. Yeah. He was a masterful technician, and he was so fun to watch at practice. That's one of the things I think uh, people love about you is that you're jumping from team to team, and you love going out there and watching practices. I, was I, would at, I remember we were doing an NFL Network show. Uh, 2015, and there was Darrell Reeves and Brandon Marshall going at it in training camp. And you would have thought it was the fourth quarter of a playoff game, the way they were going at it. Like, you wonder why he could do what he did in the games, how he practiced. I, I believe that he's a first bout Hall of Famer. They, somebody people will say, well, he doesn't have enough stats. He didn't do it for a long period. I mean, I know all the arguments against it. Mm. I just know that we haven't seen a player like that in this league since he left the league, ever since he came in the league in 2007. To me, he's yeah. a first, I told him that when we saw him at the Jets, uh, you know, the home game late in the year. Uh, I believe he's a first bout Hall of Famer. And I'll, regardless of what happens, that's my belief. And that's if I was a vote, that's how I would vote. Yeah, I think sometimes we overuse the word great. Darrell Revis was a great player. And if you were an offensive coordinator and you were a quarterback and you were preparing for a game on Sunday and it was Monday or Tuesday, you're focusing a lot in your, your your plan, staying away from 24. To your point, they didn't even target his side of the field. Well, I just remember when he was coming out of pit. So I, I that year, 2007, that preparation for the draft, I didn't look at one note on one player. I just wanted to turn the film on and see how fast I could find a player. Like how fast can I find? I didn't know what Darrell Reeves' number was. I didn't know what corner, like if he was a boundary corner or zone. Like I didn't know anything. I just said, I'm going to, I did this with every player that was basically a first round pick in 2007. I just want to see if my eyes could find that player in three plays. So I turned a pit game on 2007. I found Darrell Reeves like on the second play of the game. Like I just, I, I, just the way he moved, the way he pressed, the way, how strong he was, how he tackled. Like it happened so fast. I was like, okay, this is Darrell Reeves. This is what they're talking about. And so I, like, I don't remember like everybody in the draft class that year, EA, but that's how I discovered, you know, Darrell. Joel Klecko, 
long overdue. It seems like he's finally going to get that stamp. He needs 80% yeah. of the vote. If you look at recent history of senior finalists, he's already crossed his largest hurdle. It's just one more to go. What can you say about Klecko and your expectations of what that's actually going to mean to him for him to finally take his place in Canton after the wait uh, has been so long? Uh, we're all going to celebrate, you know, Darrell and Joe in Canton this summer. Okay. We're all, we're all going to be there for it. Um, so I played 12 years in the league EA and I played five more years probably than I should have because uh, I became a teammate. Joe became a teammate of mine in Indianapolis in 2000 or 1988, 88 Joe Klecko's yep. last year in the league was Indianapolis. And I discovered what the weight room was truly about. Functional, straight, great strength. And I, Joe Kleckel taught me how to lift weights. Literally, after seven years in the league, he taught me how to lift weights. And I survived another five years because of that. Like, I owe Joe five years of my career. Um, but he was just so strong. I, obviously, you know, pro bowl at three different positions. Uh, it's never really been done before. Uh, he was just, uh, he, he was so smart and so strong. Um, you know, just physically, I mean, I think he can still physically whip people right now. Um, uh, but you know, the hands, the footwork, the functional strength that he had, I mean, he was still, you know, squatting 600 pounds on Monday after a game in 1988. And his, I don't know what year that was 13, 14. I don't remember. Um, you know, at the end of his career, he was still squatting 600 pounds a day after, you know, a football game. Um, you know, he maintained his strength throughout. He might probably got stronger all the way until the very end. Uh, but I, Joe's Joe's getting into the Hall of Fame this summer. Like he's not going to be denied, and it's going to be a good choice. It, it's going to be something special. If listen, NFL honors, you have there is a chance that yes. Sauce there could Gardner, be a big jet sweep. <laughs> Garrett Wilson, then Klecko and Reeve to the Hall of Fame. It could be a special weekend. There could be a lot of jet the, chance out there. Yes. Yeah, JTS. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJETS. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. You will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJETS. Offer subject to change. Offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. So let's transition to the current team. Let's go back and forth there. Jets offensive coordinator search right now. Uh, what have you thought about some of the names that have been reported out there through various news outlets? Let me throw some at you. Chad, o uh, Chad O'Shea, Nick Cayley, Kevin Petullo, Brian Johnson, Nathaniel Hackett, Clint Kubiak, Frank Reich. He's interviewing for a number of head coaching jobs right now. Marcus Brady. Um, and there are a few others out there. Obviously, we're all seeing the reports come in. Uh, what have you thought about the names that you've heard? And also, 
Can you talk about a general direction you think Robert Sala and Joe Douglas have to go in here? Well, I think they needed to make a change. I, I think a change. Well, you know, I mean, you could blame the offensive line and the, the dysfunction up front. With all, you could do all you want to do. I think they had to make a change. All right. Of all the names mentioned, there was a lot of good quality and qualified people on that list. When I heard Clint Kubiak's name, like my eyes went like that, that just registered with me. Joe mm -hmm. Douglas knew his father in Baltimore. Um, you know, they had a great, uh, they had a great run when he was there. Um, his son is very similar in his approach and how it's supposed to look and what the demands are. Um, I, I feel like that's a name that, and he's a young guy that understands the game, been around the game his whole life. I think he's got real ability to teach and to take the skill that the Jets have to another level. Um, and so I feel like that's the name that I keep coming back to when I saw all the names and all the interviews that they had. Clint Kubiak, to me, seemed like a, a fit, a really good fit for this offense. Do you anticipate Reich getting a head coaching job? Uh, people are reporting now that he's getting a, a second interview with the Carolina Panthers. Arizona has been named as a possible destination for him. If he doesn't land a head coaching job, do you think that uh, he might be a possibility for the Jets? It's a possibility. I mean, Frank could go back to that role, but I think he wants to be a head coach. Uh, I know Frank. I mean, I, I played with Frank when he was back up to Jim Kelly in Buffalo. My brother played with him. I know him a long time. Um, I think he is, you know, he just has a real command. He has a command of the league. He has a command of game day, of preparation. Like there's just like anybody that would give Frank a second chance as a head coach, I think they would benefit by. And I just think that's where he's at right now. Yeah, he did a good job in Indianapolis. I think five seasons, 40, 33, and one overall. Uh, he, he did a fine job there in Indianapolis. They're searching for a head coach right now uh, themselves again. Dekubiak, let me circle back on that real quick. What do you think about that background, how much that helps him um, in his coaching uh, life as far as growing up with Gary Kubiak? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I just think everything just kind of goes from father to son. I, I just think all those, all those traits that his father had, going back to the Shanahan years, um, all, all transfer. And we're seeing what Kyle's doing right now. I think Clint has much of the same attributes. Okay, uh, quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks right now. Aaron Rodgers uh, was on Pat McAfee saying that, you know, we got to have some conversations with the Green Bay Packers. ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that it's a very real possibility that Rodgers could be traded this year now with all that being said do you anticipate rogers playing next year and if you do do you anticipate him playing with another team i really don't know ea i don't know where aaron's at right now i'm sure he wants to keep playing um but i don't think it's going to be in green bay i think he's going to be uh, a free agent out there i mean trade i don't know how i don't know how all this thing happens but i think green bay is ready to move on and it wouldn't surprise me if aaron Rodgers is ready to move on and if you're the Jets, and if that indeed is on the table as far as Rodgers, do you make a call? I'd make a call, but I just think the Jets have a lot of young talent. I just think they, that's the wrong move. I don't think 
I don't think they're a, one quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. Like, I just don't believe they're ready for that yet. I think they can be a playoff team next year. And I think, you know, an Aaron Rodgers could help them get there. I just think you got to build this thing for the long haul, EA. And I just think you got to go young. You got all these young talent that they drafted last year that they've been drafting. I just feel like they just need a young guy to grow with everything and be there every day, be committed every day. Not a guy at the end of the career where they're just looking for that steady quarterback to walk in. What about Derek Carr? Most people think that he's uh, Derek Carr's a guy we definitely talk to. I mean, I would definitely okay. talk to Derek Carr. If he becomes available, obviously we're talking hypotheticals well, here, but I mean, a they, lot of people. They, they've cut the cord there, so I yeah. mean, however right. you get that. But, you know, you're talking about a, a big contract, EA, that is going to make it difficult to keep a lot of veteran players, you know, when you start paying your quarterback as much as you got to pay him. So, anyways. You anticipate Lamar Jackson being in Baltimore next year? No, I don't. I, I think you don't. I, I think it's going to be a difficult contract. Uh, I think this thing's going to get drawn out. I don't think he's going to play on a franchise tag, and I think that's where it's headed. Um, I, 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 I know what's been said, but I gotta, I gotta go right now, EA. But I, I, I think Lamar is. I think there, there could be a real cord cutting right there. Okay, Baldy, good stuff. Okay, get back Thanks, to work, buddy. brother.